am officially becoming an old man. I just want to make that very clear, and I'm not very happy about it. Do you want to know what I spent that whole commercial break doing? What it, What were you doing? I was trying to tweet out a link. Uh, I had taken a picture, screenshot of the Dennis Dodd thing on Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah. Right? And Like, I, hey, we're talking about this? Yes. And... So Perry had sent, uh, here's a new link to use for the Listen Live. Uh-huh. So as soon as I went to go copy this Listen Live link, it just completely deleted the whole tweet. So then I went back. I'm like, oh, I'll, that's okay. I'll, I, I can start this again. And then as I went through that, the process of starting it again, the screenshot had completely disappeared. You know, it's uh, probably Damn. easier on your laptop. You think so? Yeah. But then I can't do the screenshots, Yeah, you Josh. can. You can just screenshot your Mac or your computer and this thing. By the way, I then I, crop it. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. I once again, <laughs> what's the line? I am once again asking. I am once again asking to sell out to either a a, a laptop repair place or or b someone who wants to be the official laptop sponsor of the Plank Show. I think it's time that Josh and I got either new laptops or as a laptop repair place. Casey, Brian, how many reads can I give them a show to fix my laptop? This thing is seen a lot, though. It was the dropping of it during the 2017 Super Regional that kind of led to its demise, unfortunately. Mm. But I will say, Josh, living with a cracked screen for about five years now, kind of used to it a little bit, right? Kind of feel like I know what's going on there. Um, all right, last. I, I trust you'll get the tweet out eventually. Hold on, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again during this segment because we do have some audio to play. We'll get to Porter Moser coming up here in just a bit. Plus, Joey Helmer, he was on uh, on site last night. You guys, um, Kendall, I'm not smart enough to use a snippet tool. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Josh. I guess I have to realize that some of these stories about the future of Oklahoma and Texas to the Big 12 are stories that maybe I nerd out over a little bit more than most do. I think most kind of say, just tell me when we're going. Don't care. Yeah, let's talk about the game last night. Right. Can tell I, com- me- I want to complain about the game last night. All right. Meanwhile, for me, I'm like, this Air Comfort Solutions text line is really something right now. <laughs> but in the same vein, I think it's a. I think it's a pretty, pretty interesting, what's the best way to put it, dilemma that Oklahoma and Texas both find themselves in. And by the way, everybody is meeting today. Yeah, so there could be movement. It could be rapid movement, or this could be almost the resignation of, huh, we're not we're not getting out of this thing unless we toss $80 million their way or just Stay for the grant of rides. Do you want me to read the very first text message to this show today? Please. At 9.05 a.m. from the 4.05. That was one hour and one minute ago. I apologize for uh, just getting it, getting to it now. Uh, this is, by the way, this shows you commitment. Because this very first text message that was sent to the show is also from somebody who has the super secret Textoso number that they can use anytime they want. But they wanted to make sure it was officially they, official. They are hot. At Dan freaking pants. Plank, Josh, I don't want to hear anyone complaining about filling up the LNC. 
This is the exact reason people don't go. How can you be that bad coming off the biggest win of the year with a packed house, ready to go crazy, and giving us false hope? I like Porter. I think he's a good coach. But if that's the effort they're giving in that situation, he's not motivating them. Tear it down. Hire Qantas and or Hollis and bring the Oklahoma basketball culture back. P.S. Mike Boynton coaches in a Wednesday night youth pastor fit. He does kind of look like he's <laughs> he's about ready to tell everyone to bow their heads and raise their hands if they, they if is there anyone here tonight that you know yes right there right there I see you there it's, it's like in other words he has a very youth pastor vibe to him. Um, <laughs> now now Quinn at Dan freaking pants. I understand the frustration. We don't need to go firing everybody, and that's not the nature of this show. Nor will it be ever. But that can be a conversation for next season. If we're in a if we're in a similar situation like this, either a year from now or if the bottom falls out the rest of the way, then okay. Yeah. But right now, they I need just, bigs, man. They, they, they got to. I, I know that probably a, a bunch of people could say that plank, but when you get bullied by Boone and Cisse the way they did last night. They just got to find a way to upgrade there. I think the – I mean, they need to upgrade across the board. I get that. But Milo's using – we've seen some good things. You went and got somebody that's an impact guard in Sherfield out of the transfer portal. So, they've shown they can do that, Plank. But getting a couple of bigs that aren't going to get pushed around, that aren't going to allow you to get out-rebounded by 12 and out-boarded by 8 in the offensive rebounding category – after you just picked up your biggest win of the season at home, they just simply, whether that's signing class, whether that's transfer portal, they've got to get better interior players. It's a necessity. It's an absolute necessity. And by the way, can I turn it, you know, not to necessarily move away from basketball, but you're going to see that on the women's side too for OU, and I think Ginny Bronchek will be the first person to tell you. They're – when they start advancing in the tournament, you're going to see the challenge that they have without size. I mean, I I think Kansas State just beat Iowa State last night and in women's basketball. So the Big 12 standings are wild right now in women's basketball. Like Oklahoma is still very much in this mix, especially with the, you know, you got to win this weekend. You got to take care of business against West Virginia, but with a trip to Baylor looming next week. But the problem that they have, yeah, Oklahoma's only a game out of first place right now behind Texas, who's won four straight games. They're in a spot with Iowa State and Baylor. Baylor's got a game tonight uh, that they're just a game out of first place right now. But where you see their challenge is as they they don't have the size. Now, I would say for OU women's basketball, you see, you see the – what's the best way to put this, Josh? Promise in a Beatrice Culleton. And you see the problem, uh, the promise in the in, in Johnson for the women's side of things, and hopefully what Emma Svoboda can be. They've got three bigs, right? And you're like, okay, all right, Beatrice. When they get to that point, and, she, and her footwork is better, she is going to be a. I I told my daughters we went to the game on Tuesday night, and I told both Emma and Gum like we're going to be talking about Beatrice Colton as one of the best players, you know, in the SEC by her senior season. That's how much faith and and, and promise I think she has. But she's still a freshman, right? And she's still developing. But you see the future. 
All right, Josh, let's do the same thing with Oklahoma on the men's side. Where's that promise for the future for the bigs, right? Who do you look at and you're like, just give them a couple years, man, and and they're going to be fine there. He just needs to get a little bit better in the in the post. I don't I don't know if that's there right now, and that's that's challenging, right? You don't even because both of the guys that signed right are, are wings, if I remember correctly from this conversation we had yesterday. And and again, I'm not I'm not foolish enough to believe that just there's six eleven seven foot guys that come post re, post made and ready for the Big Twelve, but. And the SEC in that, and, and and everyone that talks, we need an athletic big. It's kind of like we need someone on the interior of our defensive line. Everyone right. wants athletic defensive linemen. Everyone wants athletic bigs. But when it when it happens to the degree that it did last night, and you can't even say, well, you know, hey, we we put our six foot eleven freshman in there, and yeah, you know, he did a, a little bit of a better job. That's where it's a little bit frustrating, at least in in, in my world. And here's the thing, though. Didn't mean to, to draw that out with a comparison to women's hoops, but I think I connected the dots there. If you can just win a couple of key transfer portal wars to tide you over next season, we're talking about Oklahoma has is bringing in two more top 100 guys. Right. In Caden Cooper and Jacob Cole to pair with some talented younger youngsters that you've got on this roster in Milos Yuzan and in Otega Owe. So there, there's – Young talent here, but mixing in a, a big or two going forward, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the forecast for Oklahoma can look much, much different. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And you know, maybe, maybe Keita ends up being a guy that can help him out a little bit. But I think there's just going to be teams that you know if you go up against them. You're gonna have problems. I after watching that last night, I don't even want to think about what Purdue might do to Oklahoma if they played each other, right? And that's yeah, it'd be, it'd be very challenging to slow down Edie. He's pretty awesome. All right, um, listen, hold on here. Let me let me go back. I'm going to the very start. I'm reading every single text message that has been sent to their show uh, today. I've, actually, I don't think I can. With their size, we needed to hit jump shots. Five of 22 with a ton of open looks just isn't going to cut it. Nope. Hill, Sherfield win a combined four of 20. Luckily, the Big 12 win opportunity cup runneth over. You know, the, the puzzling thing. That's a thing, really good point. The puzzling thing about last night is why could Oklahoma not manufacture better looks? They, the, the way they shared the basketball and maybe it's, you know, finishing at the cup a little bit versus Alabama, some of those mid-range, like the, even the first shot that Jalen Hill hit where he's Dirk Nowitzki fading away, maybe that softens things up for you and just flat out they hit shots, Plank. But they also, Oklahoma manufactured better looks versus Alabama than they did last night. And give Oklahoma State credit. Defensively, they were really good, right? You have to give uh, have to give the Cowboys credit. But I'm just befuddled why you can go the last three games for OU. Plank, at TCU, you get rolled. You come home for Alabama. You roll a team that might win the whole thing, and then you flip back around in the LNC, can't find any good looks, can't hit any good looks. Defensively, you're terrible on the glass, and you get rolled again by Oklahoma State. So these last three games, it's like roller coaster ride with Oklahoma. Yeah, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doth not compute. All right, a couple of other quick ones here. Chapstick. 
There'll be a lot of talk about the basketball game and why OU lost, but we can't forget the larger impact. They had a capacity crowd the last two games. Although OU peaked down their leg last night, and it really wasn't a fun game to watch, if OU wants to keep large, energetic crowds, they can't have performances like last night. OU can only blame themselves from now on for low-capacity crowds. Well, I mean, chapstick. Look at what happened on Saturday. I mean, so it's it's literally – hopefully a lot of people that went on Saturday may have missed last night, and they'll be back. <laughs> but – I, I, again, I understand the point you're making, and you're not wrong, but in that same vein, we are Sunday, Monday. We were just like three, four days removed from one of the more epic home wins that we've ever seen. So I wouldn't say, well, now every, they're never going to come back. 405, Oklahoma State has now won five, excuse me, six of the last seven Bedlam games. And Coach Boynton's put a ton of emphasis on it ton of emphasis and sometimes that maybe is we're told by coaches a lot of times that that's a dangerous game to do to put so much extra emphasis on a rivalry to where all of a sudden you're ignoring the rest of the big 12 schedule right right or it doesn't have the same elevated importance and yet you can't deny the results in the game for Oklahoma State correct and and oh by the way the one game that OU won last year went to overtime so you tell me absolutely Absolutely. All right. Uh, do we got time for a couple more here real quick? We've got time. Okay. <laughs> from the 405, the big question of the day, will the men's team make the NIT? Yeah, I think everyone from the Big 12 is going to the postseason, even Texas Tech. Porter continues to speak about athletic big men. Does he have any athletic big men on the recruiting trail? He's got some, he's got some bigger wings. But if you're looking for 6'11", 6'10", 7-foot post players, no. The biggest disappointment from last night, writes the 405, is failing to capitalize and bringing in new fans. Lots of people that were there were there because of free admission, and they won't be converted to paying fans. I, I agree. Though, and you know, I, I agree with the general sentiment that, look, you got that type of crowd for Bedlam. It can't turn into a stinker and have you fall flat on your face. I would just say, depending upon what happens in these next two road games, at West Virginia and at Baylor, life can get sucked out of you a little bit if right. you lose both of those, and all of a sudden you're on a three-game losing streak and you're 500 coming home. But you do have both Kansas and Kansas State, and I would imagine even if you come home and you've lost three straight and you're 500, and a lot of the wind has gotten taken out of your sails and you're deflated a little bit, still going to be a great crowd for Kansas, okay? And it's oh, probably yeah. still going to be a great crowd for Kansas State. And let's see, you got Texas Tech. Okay, that might not be a great home crowd, but you finish versus TCU. All th- three of those four games, it's going to be surprising, Plank, even if Oklahoma's playing poorly if they don't draw well. Right. I agree. Right, let's break. Let's break. It's 10-18. There's <laughs> from the 918, Plank, the LNC is still a turd. Free LNC is still too much. <laughs> Stop. It's not- I'm telling you what. You guys, go back and listen to Friday's podcast. Go listen to that first hour, man. I was ate up with nostalgia being in that place early with no one there. But, and you saw, that crowd was waiting to blow up. And it just couldn't happen. Well, the LNC, for all of its flaws and shortcomings, it was just fine on Saturday. Yeah, no one had a problem on Saturday. I didn't hear anyone complaining about concession lines yet. 
Though I better not open up my mouth because I'm sure that'll open open up a Pandora's box of complaints. All right, quick break. When we come back, I'll, there's a lot of really good texts on the show today, man. A lot of frustrated OU basketball fans, but also in that, some intriguing thoughts, some incorrect when it comes to Oklahoma's future in the Big 12 and whether or not it's short-term or long-term. Some of you agree with me that you've sensed a narrative change from some of those who had been reporting about OU's early exit. Others couldn't care less. And, oh, by the way, we got a big night ahead of us. 6 o'clock tonight, join me at Rudy's. I'm going to be out at Rudy's with the OU softball team. We'll tell you about that next right here on The Ref. Have we been long? Back long? Okay, sorry. Luann and I were talking about ice. In-depth conversation. All right, I want to answer this question, then we'll get to the phones. 405-329-9000. So this is a good question. Uh, from the 972, now I might personally reply to this. And I also thoroughly enjoy this person's text because when they t- text at T-Row, they spell it R-O-W-E. That just brings me so much joy. Uh, guys, we have never been to an event slash show at Rudy's before, and we're new to Norman. Heard about it tonight at 6. Does it get packed? We have three going. Any advice on what time to get there to have a good seat? So it depends. Some nights, you know, I feel like when Toby is doing a show there, it's going to be packed because uh, you get the star. You get the voice of the Sooners. Now, it might hurt attendance tonight that I'm filling in for an hour. But tonight from 6 to 7, Tonight from 6 to 7, inside Rudy's, Highway 9 and, uh, is that Jenkins? Jenkins. Highway 9 and Jenkins. We are spending an hour with the OU softball team. So here's who all is coming. Uh, My understanding, and y'all please be on time. I mean, I can't be up there tap dancing. It's going to be so embarrassing if that's the case. And we're not dressing for a success. I'm going with a hoodie tonight, so... Don't outdress me, JT. You hear me? Don't outdress me. JT Gasso, Kinsey Hansen, and Sydney Sanders. I haven't met Sydney Sanders yet. She was at a restaurant where I was at on, on Saturday, Sunday, and you guys know how socially awkward I am. I didn't even say hi. But so Sydney Sanders, Kinsey Hansen, JT Gasso, all offense from 6 to 6.30. Then from 6.30 to 7.00, Wait, hold on. I got that backwards. From 6 to 6.30, Jen Rocha, Alex Duraco, and did they say who? Oh, oh, Kinsey Hansen. That's who it is. All right, sorry. Got it backwards. Hour one, segment one, Jen Rocha, Alex Duraco, Kinsey Hansen. The important details from 6 to 7, it's the OU softball Holy show. Holy smokes, man. I'm going to so botch this show tonight. <laughs> and please. I, it I've, w- made, I've made it more nerve-wracking for myself and just trying to promote it for this texter. <laughs> Would love to see you out there. <laughs> I'd love to see you. Come meet me. Come say hi. But I'll, I'll add to it. So you get pitching to start with Coach Rocha, Straco, and Hanson. And then you get hitting with JT, Sid Sanders, and Haley Lee. And I'm pretty excited to meet Haley Lee. I've heard great things. I've heard that she is the kind of guest that immediately we're going to be bugging Patrick to get on this show more regularly. So in closing, to answer the question, 545, too late? Perfect for tonight. Now, during the football season, it can get a little bit crazy in there, but I think with the elements and combined with, I mean, honestly, there, there hasn't been a ton of promotion about this yet. Maybe it, it ramps up today, 
Like but, right now? Like right now. <laughs> but I think you'll be good. It, like it's not one of those things where you need to get there at 5 o'clock. There's a, there's a good group of diehard Sooner fans that are always there. So kind of the table closest, closest to the uh, stage, if you will. But, yeah, you, you, you get there at 5.30, 5.45, you're good. And sometimes, you know, we actually did one. I think my, my favorite one was the McGill Chavis first Im- impression one we did, and it was literally on a night like this where we had a bunch of storms or, or ice had come through or something, and we still did the show. And literally, we were like the only people in there. So that, that can happen, but that won't happen tonight. So I hope that helps. You don't have to get there super early, but it's a – it's a great, great environment. A lot of di- you'll meet a lot of people that are diehard Sooner fans, and I, I think, I think they're doing autographs during it. I don't want to speak out of turn. Hey, speaking of promotion, go ahead. This hey. Sooner Weekly update. Look at us. Is brought to you by Wade Electric. Men's tennis home this weekend. They take on Drake. That's Friday, six o'clock. Wichita State Sunday at noon. Incarnate Word at four. Admission. Also free, number one ranked women's gymnastics. They host Iowa State Friday night at 645. First 250 fans plank, they get light sticks, $2 sodas, small popcorn, and 12-ounce beers. Wrestling back at McCaslin Fieldhouse Friday at 7 versus number nine ranked Mizzou, 20th ranked Oklahoma women. They uh, take on West Virginia at the LNC Saturday at 2 o'clock. And let's see, after a successful weekend last week, the men's gymnastics team back home again at McCaslin Fieldhouse Saturday at 6 o'clock. Get in free when you show your ticket from the women's gym or women's basketball events or games. And then finally, uh, wrestling, hosting Ryder for their second uh, match this weekend. Uh, That's Sunday, 1 o'clock, McCaslin Fieldhouse. Tickets, visit Soonersports.com. This Sooner Weekly Update brought to you by Wade Electric, your trusted electrical experts for your home or business contact in plank 405-329-1940 and again six to seven tonight rudy's country store and barbecue live on highway nine and jenkins it'll be available on the sooner sports podcast as soon as it wraps up a one-hour softball preview followed by toby Rowland, jenny baronchek and porter moser and some select players recapping hoops uh, you want to get a call in the river one casino jackpot let's line do just here? that brian good morning welcome to the show what's up brian Hey, good morning, gentlemen. What's up, Brian? Good to hear from you. Good, yeah, good to hear from you as well. Um, uh, good thing they didn't serve the $2 beers last time. <laughs> I didn't think about that. About Restless crowd. The court in a bad way. Uh, <laughs> and the only other thing on basketball um, is I, I think with me, at least, apathy starting to set in. Um, it just, I don't know how much more I'm even watching them, you know, uh, because not because I'm. I'm not a fan, but because I know what I'm going to get, you know, and it's not great. And you kind of know how the story's going to be written already, I think. You know, and- I, I, I can I can hear that, and again, I know I can hear like Toby resonating in my brain saying, "For goodness' sakes, they just beat Alabama by 30." But whenever it happens against one of your arch rivals, Brian, it seems to kind of set in a little bit more frustrating, a little bit heavier. And they're 12 and 10, you know? So, I mean, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Um, have you heard the new podcast of, of, uh, in the circle, Chris? Eric Lopez uh, has sat down with Patty. I have not heard it. It is in my queue. In oh. fact, I'm listening to it as soon as we're done here. Okay, because there's breaking news. There's oh, yeah? There's a red shirt this year. 
Yeah, SJ. You, SJ, you know about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense, though. Um, that's the one position I think they can, they can afford to bring her along a little more slowly. So, But, yeah, I strongly suggest she really hammers home the fact that it's so big with that program that they all need to play multiple positions and play them well and hit the ball well. Or you're not going to see the lineup much. And it really sets a tone for that, that uh, program. And I just, you know, it, it's just a great list. So I, I just, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, listen, if Patty Gasso is speaking, I'm listening. And when you get her around a knowledgeable dude like Elo, uh, I'll take it every time. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate the phone call, man. Right. Later. Bye. I think we'll be hearing a lot from Brian in the softball season. Okay, can I? Can we go back real quick before we talk about the softball thing? Yeah. Do you agree with that? A certain sense of apathy sets in to where you know what you're going to get and you're sitting at just a couple games over 500? If they lose these next two, yeah, it, it, it'll be that way. And, and oh. look, at West Virginia, at Baylor, it's going to be tough to win either of those two. By the way, I do want to correct myself. When I said Highway 9 and Jenkins, it's actually Chautauqua. It's one short of Jenkins. So no, because, it's, well, or one beyond, depending on <laughs> which way you're going. Oh, that's true. I'm, I'm always going the other direction. So, right, because you're coming from the Postal Center, and yeah. I'm coming the other way. So I From it, out east, as it were. Right. So it is right, right there, Chautauqua. Same street with the 7-Eleven is the way that I look at yes. it. Same street as baseball, not the same street as softball. Sorry. Highway 9 and Chautauqua. Chautauqua. Um, okay, so to me, I can completely understand that. Can I add one more thing to it as well? I know that this doesn't make a lot of sense with what Alabama's doing with basketball right now, but if Alabama wasn't number two in the country – and playing some of the best basketball. I mean, they bounced back from the OU loss and beat Vanderbilt by like 50. I I think the nonstop offseason of the college football makes it hard to even be to even be just okay at basketball and get some juice. Um maybe that's me being unfair, but you think about it, we had an early signing period that just dwarfed any college basketball talk in December, right? Even after in our state, you and for this station and what we do, a football team that had a six and seven record, right? But an incredibly bright future. You you add to that, Josh, then suddenly at the turn of the 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 turn of the year, you're you're all in on transfer portal news and things of that nature. If you're just okay well and when you're bad. Two and seven in conference is bad. Right. I think it I, I think you're fighting a battle for a dominant football program, right? At least where that's what's the king on campus. You've got to be extraordinarily good in order to consistently get good crowds. Right. And so Alabama is over the top incredible at basketball right now. But if if they were if they were where Oklahoma is, or they're they're not. They're not packing the place. So you can't pretend like they're Kentucky or Kansas or something. Well, and I this is not look, not a blue blood program in football, but they take it seriously and they were having some similar problems and guess what they're great this season. Right. A lot of the conversation up at Kansas State was, "Hey, what do we got to do to get this place filled up?" And it wasn't until Jerome Tang made some pointed comments that that started to happen. That's right. And guess what? They're also a top 10 team. So so I guess my point is more than anything else, the college football news cycle, 
can take away some of those fans that are able to, what's the best way to put this, push college basketball to the top of their minds during the offseason. Maybe not get too carried away on signing day. Not the case anymore. I, uh, <laughs> from, from Shark, guys, I don't care, but let's face it. OU is a softball school now. <laughs> well, and, and Bob, Coach knows this. Suddenly you lose a couple of games in softball, even if it's a one-run game to UCLA in the opening weekend. If OU comes out 4-1, and one, you'll have people like, what's wrong with this team? The heck is going on? Yeah. How'd they lose a game? Yeah, they've, they've – Sports, man, they've set the bar so high, so they've just got a, a different uh, curve to get evaluated on. I, I, I said this last night with Drew. And, Drew, let me know when your podcast is coming out so I can promote it. I don't know if I've talked about it much here. Last year's team, you know, so many times Oklahoma and whenever they were in softball, since Shark brought this up, since – Softball has always been such a West Coast sport collegiately. And I know there's guys, there's people that have followed this sport much longer than I have. And there's, for some reason, people on Twitter that want to get into I've been a fan longer type of fights with me. I'm not, I don't, okay, great. You know more than me, right? I'm not trying to sound like an expert. But just in what I've learned, it was a very West Coast sport. And even in some good seasons that Oklahoma had, I mean, I'm talking even national championship teams and and and, and maybe even historic met records like Lauren Chamberlain. It was like, yeah, Oklahoma's really good, but UCLA this year. or But with the, the, the amount of resources that have been poured into the SEC softball-wise, Oklahoma was always – they were always highly ranked, but yet in the back of everyone's mind, it was, yeah, but UCLA and Arizona are coming and, you know, Florida's better. Yeah, even in that era you're talking about, Alabama had seemingly a little bit more national respect sure. than even Oklahoma. Right. And and I would say even up to maybe last couple of years, that would be the case. So Oklahoma, from the time that you know I've been around them, has always been able to play with a little bit of a chip on its shoulder. Right, even go back to the year twenty twenty when we went to Georgia and they lost, or was that twenty one when we went to Georgia and lost? Right, it was even. I'll see what happens when they play an SEC school. Nobody remembers they ran, they run ruled Georgia that second game. Nobody does. They played two games that night and they lost. The winning streak came to an end, and then they beat the absolute. They beat them in the second game. Thank you. But I guess my point more than anything else is. They always kind of had that little chip. It's like, oh, okay, well, y'all love UCLA. We'll show you. Last year was that time, the first time whenever I saw the whole national narrative shift where it was like, maybe Oklahoma is the best. In preseason number one, right? I mean, they maybe it was where everyone started realizing, holy smokes, they're really good. And a, a bunch of women that would love to play with the chip on its shoulder suddenly were like, all right, bring on these expectations. We'll show you. And that was a really cool – it wasn't necessarily anything where suddenly the music changed on the bus or uh, the pregame routine was different. It was just – it was like an attitude shift. And it was even, you know, in coaches' pregame and postgame conversations, it wasn't, hey, we still got to show – it was like, we're pretty good. <laughs> you know, and, and and this team really feels it, and they're 
they're owning it, and they're wanting people to say, like, they're the favorites. And I don't know if that had been a mindset that Oklahoma had 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 from the perspective of always being kind of considered – Oh, there's always gonna there's someone better. They're really good, but not the tippity top. Not not you're not, man. Now all of a sudden they're at the top, and you don't have anyone that's needing that that Kirby Smart. Well, no one said we could do this, right? You have a bunch of people that are out there saying absolutely they said that we could do this, and we went and did it, and that's what's been real fun for me to watch shift over the last couple of years in their approach. And guess what? It's no different this season. <laughs> it's no different this season. Uh, by the way. Uh, I th- this from the 405. I think the best solution right now is for just Coach Casso to coach every sport except maybe women's hoops and gymnastics. Oh, you had football coach Patty Gasso. See her trotting out of the tunnel, smoke. She's got a little. She's got a little play card with her. I could see that. I could see her stalking the sidelines, arms crossed. You know, while she's watching everything play out. Yeah, I could see that. But. It's a really exciting time. And you get a chance to dive into it tonight with me, 6 to 7 p.m. from Rudy's. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, it's almost also on the Sooner Radio Network, but I encourage everyone to come out Highway 9 right off of Chautauqua there in, in, in the heart of Norman for those that can get here. Roads are starting to clear up. Sun's coming out, so it should be a fun night. And I would also add that if you are a softball fan, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to listen to the Eric Lopez podcast as soon as we're done. But we also preview the softball team with the latest edition of Boyd Street Magazine and 19th Street, uh, available on newsstands now. New issue just dropped. So wherever you might be having dinner tonight or wherever you're grabbing a quick lunch, there's probably a Boyd Street there. Grab it. Take it with you. Read it. I think it's a, a good preview for the season. Get smart, kids. Quick break. Text line is next on The Ref. You, uh, you watch any of the Senior Bowl practice yet, Josh Helmer? No, I haven't. Uh, what have I missed? Not much. Uh, Eric Gray had a really good day yesterday. Yeah, I, I've seen a couple of people out there raving about just the way that he looks physically. I know that. I know they haven't done m- much yet outside of drills and practices, but those, those, my friends, are big, big deals. But I will say, it seems as if just cliff notes wise, Braden Willis. Uh, having a pretty good run. I, yeah, we were debating yesterday about – I don't know if he had a drop or if it was a poorly thrown pass. Might have been a poorly thrown pass. But Wanye um, Morris, his arms, he's going to get drafted a lot higher than anyone thinks. Where do you think? I think he might end up being a second rounder. Really? Yeah. So you're feeling like grade, strongly definite second day. Grade the flashes, man. And, and he flashes, baby. Well, we're just, you know, you're more apt to say, whoa, did you see what that guy did on that one rep as opposed to here's 18 terrible ones in a row when it comes to O-linemen for some reason. But, I don't. again, I'm, I'm not someone that's sitting here breaking down tape. I just listen to those who do, and they seem to be very high on his possibility. Um, I haven't heard much about Anton Harrison, to be honest with you. So I don't know if it's going well. I saw Jalen Redman had a couple good reps yesterday. But we'll get a we'll get a full report on Friday. I'll see a bunch of it's hard to gauge anything, right? Because it is so much practice and so much individual drills. Like one scout might see something that he loves, and another scout might say, didn't like where his hand placement was. And depending on who that scout talks to, that becomes the narrative, 
right? Well, his hands aren't where it needs to be, or he's not necessarily as powerful as we thought. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Anything else? And I, I feel like I'm missing something today. I had a laundry list here. Big 12 meetings, Aaron Rodgers, the Dak Prescott extension conversation that seems to be taking place. I mean, there's a lot of little things that are currently going on, but for the most part, Josh, most of the frustration has been has been uh, viewed on the basketball from last night, right? That's Indeed. that's where a majority of everything is. Um, so not a chance in hell. Wanye goes in the second round. I'm just, we shall see. I would agree with you at the core of it, but um, I I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that you're not a general manager or a scout, and in everything that you hear, these people are nerding out over the dude. So you would think, based on what we – the collective we saw, that would be the case. But I'm just – I'm going to tell you, the dude's going to end up being a second-day pick. And by the way, so is Steve Avila out of TCU. He's going to end up going a lot higher than people think. All right, I want to counter back to an earlier text for the show. I well, I want to fight back, Josh Helmer. So we've, sent, uh, we've spent a lot of time on this show today talking about the Dennis Dodd report that he circled around uh, Oklahoma and Texas making an offer to the Big 12 for an an early exit. But I just, I guess the Big 12 said no. Here's the text that was sent in for the 918. 918 is in a very deep hater mode today. I don't know what's going on with you people. Is it is it colder up there in the nine one eight or something? You people, you people, you're living in a fantasy land, thinking the league is going to give a discount on the exit. Maybe, but why wouldn't they? If you have been, if you've been paying attention, like I feel like I have been. The eight foundational members of the Big Twelve, or current members of the Big Twelve, are taking less money in order to allow the four newcomers to jump right in. Exactly. So while they're taking their haircut, I don't think anyone's going to miss any mortgage payments. But in the same vein, it's not like the money is flowing like the salmon of Capistrana out there for them either. So, and that could be at the core of this. Maybe the Big 12's eight members are now... 12 are saying, yeah, no, we're not taking any less money, and Oklahoma and Texas won't leave. But in that same vein, you know, are you willing to risk OU and Texas playing in that league in 24, getting your playoff bid, winning your Big 12 title, and going Bret Hart and taking his WWE title to WCW with him? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if that's a risk worth taking or not. Because to me, I think more than anything else, I I would assume that you're going to do whatever you can to make sure that you still get paid. Let me ask you something. When you have your house for sale and you're in a a decision-making process to where you don't have a lot of offers, but you get a... You get an offer, and it's not what you want, but you really need to sell the house because you're moving. Are you going to wait till someone reaches your offer? Probably not. You're going to you're going to take a good offer. In Oklahoma and Texas, 
from what I've learned throughout this show today, didn't suddenly come in and say, we'll give you a million dollars and then we'll leave. It was a fair offer. So would you rather just let him go for nothing? Because I'm telling you right now, Oklahoma and Texas, as much as they might scratch and claw behind the scenes about it, they're just fine with playing through 2024 and leaving without paying an exit fee. Sure. So you might say that I'm living in a fantasy land. I'm living in reality. Because if you don't, if you don't say, okay, we're going to work with you on this, Oklahoma and Texas are absolutely, and so is the SEC, positively just fine with them playing out 2024 and then not leaving till 25. And you're left with your already rebated TV deal, which everyone for the first time ever in the history of a TV contract, a media rights contract, have included what you would make in the NCAA tournament and what you would make in the four-team playoff, which will be the 12-team playoff, to, to, to buoy that deal bigger than it is. When in reality, now that as we go down the road a little bit, you realize, oh, the Big 12 didn't get the most amazing TV deal. They got more money, but in the world of inflation, that more money is combining a bunch of other things that are going to be out there. Right, it's the worst out of all of the power conferences. It's killing the Pac-12, too. Because if you read the – and maybe it's brilliant on the part of Brett Yormark because everyone's in a financial place where they can be fine, but, I mean – the Pac, the the Big 12's haircut it took on its TV deal has hurt the Pac-12 because what they set wanted the market. they're not getting the market set. All right, quick break. When we come back on the Plank Show, let's dive into uh, a, a little bit on the Tom Brady retirement and more on Dak Prescott plus the latest on the Big 12 meetings next. Oh, we got to be quick. Got to be quick. Joey Helmer coming up next. A complete recap from last night. Uh, preview. Got some softball talk coming up. Plus, much, much more. Joey Helmer right around the corner. And then we'll hit you with our top five stories of the day. At Josh on Ref, that's how you follow Josh Helmer. I'm at Plank Show, Josh. And at some point, I need you to lay out like you're talking to a third grader. Okay. This fight between Iowa and Illinois. (laughs) The Orange Crush. The Orange Crush. We'll do it all coming up next right here on The Ref.